So the funny thing was, was that, so in my mission, one of the areas I was in, I was in Amsterdam for a really long time. And so I actually sat in a booth and did translations for people. Mm. And so sometimes during testimony meeting, so here's something funny about Dutch. So Dutch, you, the verb takes the second spot in the sentence mm. and then all the other verbs go at the end of the sentence. Mm. And so sometimes you have to listen to the whole sentence before mm-hmm. you know actually what the sentence is. We had a guy that he'd never finish his sentences. <laughs> so like you'd be sitting there and you'd be going and people would kind of give you looks and you'd be like, I promise you, this is what he's saying. I'm just letting you know, we don't understand it either. Incomplete sentences. Because he wouldn't complete his sentences. So like he'd just be going and then he'd like switch it and be like, I don't know what he's saying either. And so there are a few times where I just start giving my testimony because I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to share my testimony while he's up there doing this. And, <laughs> and so nobody will know. And so you yes. get very different sacrament means because you'd have like all the Dutch speakers would listen to him. Have no idea what he was saying. All the English speakers would get my testimony because I'd be sitting in the booth translating. That reminds me. Do you remember one time when I was a youth... We would have the youth practice translating just for fun in the Spanish ward. Do you remember that one time, one of the boys, he was translating some sister's testimony and she was crying a little bit while giving it. And so when she would pause and cry a little bit, he would make the sound effects like... Hey, yeah. that's dedication right <laughs> yeah. there. I think that yes, we will do it on testimony yes, meetings. So exactly. that way they will have short things to to yeah, try to, to interpret and then they will take turns. Yes. We wanted them to 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 learn how to do it. <laughs> was that who was that? That was my mother. Yeah. That, I can I can't guess who it was. <laughs> <laughs> hey it's the dedication right there like you yes. gotta appreciate it but i'll tell you what that that was when i felt like my dutch really got good though because like listening is one thing live translating for yes, people is totally it's different. Very different it's not that easy yes Welcome to the Consecrating Your Life podcast, hosted by me, Elena Aborto, and my mom, Reina Aborto. Today we are joined by my good friend, Sean. Sean is a really great guy. He's always ministering to people. He served his mission in Belgium and the Netherlands, and we're so excited to share this episode with you today. First of all, we'd love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners. Like, who are you and what do you want? You know, that's a great question that I ask myself almost every day. Who am I? What am I after? (laughs) It makes for really awkward mornings sometimes. And I'm like, man, who am I? (laughs) Well, my name's Sean Lundgren. Um, Man, what is there to know about me? I'm honestly kind of a spaz and a crazy person, to be honest. I get into a little bit of everything because I think it's fun to learn new things and to try out new things. So usually, like, if someone invites me to go do something I've never done before, I'm down to go, like, yeah, let's go check it out. Let's see what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've lived in Utah for, oh, man, what year is it now? For coming on, like, 14 years now. Where are you originally from? From Denver originally. So I, I made the great trek across the mountains. You know, it, it's been nice out here, like... 
enjoyed meeting a lot of the people, kind of getting to know things. And definitely one of those things where you can tell, like, even being from just across the mountains, like, the culture and the vibes different. And I've always found that to be interesting that, like, even that close, like, you get a different feel with things. Yeah, totally. And you're also an author. I know that you're not going to say that, so I'll say it for you. (laughs) And tell our listeners what calling you have right now. Oh, so right now my calling is I'm the second counselor in the bishopric, which I was not expecting to have, if we're being totally honest. Yeah, in a YSA ward. That's how Sean and I met. We were both in that ward. Okay, so today we wanted to talk about testimony meetings and how to have a really great one. So why don't we talk about what is a testimony? Would you like to answer that, Sean? You know, having sat through many testimony meetings, and especially at BYU playing testimony bingo, I don't know if any of you are familiar with testimony bingo. It's especially fun when you're in student wards. Mm. Um, Yeah, no. For those of you that aren't familiar with testimony bingo, it's kind of a funny game that people play sometimes where they'll get kind of a bingo board and put funny things on it that people may or may not talk about in their testimonies. So kind of your free space in student wards is I got engaged. (laughs) But like just kind of funny stuff like that. And it kind of, I didn't really think much about it back then so much as I do now as to where does a testimony really lie and like what does that mean? So for me, a testimony really lies in speaking a truth or something that you believe in. Mm Mm-hmm. And so kind of taking that to heart, like a lot of the times we associate in the church, like testimonies with Christ, testimonies with the church, things like that. But I don't think necessarily that it's limited to that because you can have a testimony in things that aren't necessarily gospel related because it's things you believe in, things that you know. Mm-hmm. Obviously, testimony means more for sharing your testimonies about the church, about the gospel, about Christ. But when you kind of focus on that, I think it kind of makes you think a little bit before Mm -hmm. you go to bear testimony because it's, okay, what do I really believe in? What do I really know? Mm -hmm. Well, actually, I went to the, you know, the church has a website about topics, gospel topics, and I went to see what a testimony is. And and it's exactly what you were saying. It says in here that a testimony is a spiritual witness given by the Holy Ghost. The foundation of a testimony is the knowledge that Heavenly Father lives and loves His children, that Jesus Christ lives, that He is the Son of God, of God, and that He carried out the infinite atonement. That Joseph Smith is the prophet of God who was um, called to restore the gospel, that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the Savior's true church on the earth, and that the church is led by, led by a living prophet today. So, you know, those are just... The, the, the things, the basic things that we can testify about. But like you said, it can be anything, any truth that you want, to, you, that you know in your heart and that you give a witness about by the Holy Ghost. I think that is very important to follow the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. I think for me, just like anything else in our church, it should be focused on the Savior. And I was pondering about this because when the Savior visited the Americas, for example, He talked to everybody and healed people and helped everyone in some way. And so how cool would it have been to be a Nephite back then and for them to exchange stories about how the Lord helped them? And so I feel like that's what we're going for with testimony meetings nowadays. 
like because it's you sharing your belief or how the savior has changed you or how you've seen him so the experiences that we have had with him yes yes i love that i love that i will remember that (laughs) no that's a really good one and i think and that's really where we've been trying to go lately is just trying to get everything much more christ focused because Mm -hmm. it's really easy to kind of go everywhere else and kind of dance around it but really christ should be the center of everything yeah for sure so do you want to speak more on what a testimony does not look like (laughs) um what does a testimony not look like um so one of the things that i always think is really funny that you get every once in a while is people kind of see testimony mean as a time to update people about their lives. Mm. And whereas it's really great to get updates on people's lives. I thought that was what that social media was for, you know? Right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like, but you'll, you'll get to get that. Like, and so I think like for a lot of times with like testimony, I mean, like we, we kind of see it as like an open forum platform and you get a lot of people that just use it as a way to like, kind of like share what's going on in their life or mm-hmm. share what they've experienced, what they've learned. But kind of to your point with it is, is it's, it's kind of like just often in the boonies. It's not really directed by the Holy ghost. It's not really Christ centered that yes. way. And I think that's where you kind of lose your focus of did like, it's great to share an experience, but did that experience bring you closer to the savior and how did that strengthen like your belief in your testimony yes i think if i could add something to that is that when we are at the pulpit you know we are not just uh, sharing our experiences but we are trying to bring people to christ so it's not just about us and of course we want to testify of how we have seen him in our lives but we want to bring people to him so it has to be some kind of invitation and at the same time you know, to to testify of what, how, how he has helped you, but also to, to help others to want to, to have those experiences in a way without having to invite them. I don't know if that makes sense. He's testifying to, to, to help people come closer to him. Yeah, I mean, I think just by testifying about him, they're going to receive their own revelation about what to do to get closer to him. And by the way, I guess I should mention this just to soften it a little bit. If a testimony meeting doesn't go the way you want it to, you shouldn't be super irritated by it. And I'm talking to myself when I say that, by the way. But we're supposed to love people even when they're imperfect. And it's okay if somebody gets up and tells the same story that they tell every month or something. We can still choose to love that person. Uh, I mean, it takes... You have to be brave to go there. So we have to admire them for for being brave uh, and, and just open up in front of everybody, you know it's definitely that growth spectrum as well. Like people are growing, people are changing. And I think the most important thing, and we kind of talked about missions earlier, things like that. And I think one of the most important things that a testimony does is a testimony invites the spirit. And so I think that also is like a big reason we have testimony means is to invite that spirit and when you're participating, it's different than when you're just listening. Mm-hmm. Can you describe a specific testimony meeting that you were in that was really good? So I think probably one of the best testimony meetings I've ever been in um, was one that was actually a 
I'm trying to think. There's a, it's, it was almost like a challenge testimony meeting. So the ward I was in had been like kind of doing like a series of lessons, kind of focusing on like repentance and really understanding like the Savior's role in your life. And we kind of were doing like a ramp up of, hey, we want everyone to do these things. And then when you share your testimonies, share your experience of what this has done for you and how that's built your testimony. And it was just, it was such a different testimony meeting because it felt very focused. Like people were sharing their testimonies of how trying different things, reading different things, like building up to this had really changed and built their testimonies of Christ and like repentance and how it helps in their lives. And it was just a very different testimony meeting that I've ever been in before because everyone was testifying about similar experiences and their own growth. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Well, for me, one that I remember specifically was um, when we had a, a big kind of youth conference years ago in Utah Valley that it included all the youth from all the Spanish wards in, in Orem and Provo. And we had a few days of activities. It was during the summer, but then the, the last thing that we did was to, to have a testimony meeting, and it was for the youth to share their testimony. And it was so beautiful because their testimonies were so pure. And uh, I honestly didn't want that meeting to end. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how long it <laughs> lasted. But it was beautiful to hear those testimonies and to, and to feel the power of the faith of those, of those youth, mm-hmm. their faith in Jesus Christ. I love that. And yeah, I was thinking along those same lines. I think the teenagers in our church easily have the best testimony meetings. And I was trying to figure out why. I think it's because they're very humble about it. Like most of the time, they're too scared to share. But whenever they do share their testimonies, it's amazing. And they're usually really brief and straight to the point. But yeah, recently, since nowadays I teach seminary as a substitute, There was one day where it wasn't exactly a testimony meeting, but it was kind of like that without calling it a testimony meeting. It was the day after general conference. The students were supposed to come and share something they had learned in conference. So they could do this by sharing a thought or performing a musical number or writing a poem and reading it to the class. And I'm not even their actual teacher. I'm just the substitute. So this was the first time I had ever met these kids. And the whole hour that we were together, like that was what the whole lesson was, was just them sharing what they had personally learned in conference. And I seriously, they made me cry. Like, I'm like, I don't even know them. But it was seriously so powerful. And I don't think the youth recognize how amazing their testimonies are. And I think the secret is that they do it in a really humble way. I think part of it, too, comes from the simplicity of it. Like... For some reason, when we get older, we're like, how can I complicate this even more? (laughs) Like, let me take this really simple thing and how can I make it seem so much more complicated than it is? So, like, I'll be honest, like, one of my favorite testimonies I've ever heard was from this little kid. And he marches up to the pulpit. And I was Mm -hmm. like, man, this kid's got some moxie. Like, he's, he's going for it here. Goes up, looks out to the crowd and goes, I know that birthdays are for presents. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I guess he just had a birthday or something like that, but just first thing, like, and I had no doubt in my mind that he knew that you got presents on your birthday. And then he kind of went through, like, 
shared like a really simple thing like he also believed in christ he was thankful for his mom and dad but just right off the bat i know that birthdays are for he presents. knew that because that was a truth for him mm-hmm. <laughs> i love that <laughs> and like it's just that those simple little things and i think that's kind of where the youth come from as well is that they're not trying to overcomplicate it they're not mm-hmm. trying to impress anybody they're just going and sharing those simple truths that they know yes Something that I have also tried to do, you know, every time I, I speak in a, in a, at the world level, you know, um, even in any level, really, is, is to think about the fact that there may be people in there that for them is the first time that they come to church. And how will they like to, to hear about, uh, about Jesus Christ? You know, what will they like to hear that will be impactful for them? impactful enough to want to come back and to be closer to Jesus Christ. So I think that that, that could be a good exercise for us. You know, I, I, I have tried to force myself to think like that, but sometimes I forget. But I think that if we all think like that, because you never know when in that meeting there is someone that for them is the first time, or they're probably coming back from from years of, you know, being, being away, um, or their faith is, is also week at the moment and and they want they need to to um, to strengthen that faith in Jesus Christ yeah and I mean I feel that it should never be about you like you should be turning outward and trying to help other people come to Christ like you were saying earlier and I also wanted to shout out some friends because Sean is friends with these people too so I wanted to give a specific shout out to Larkin and Toshi I love their testimonies. They do such a good job of doing all these things that we're saying because like they're very humble about it. They focus on the Savior and it's really obvious that they know our Savior personally. And so I just had to say that. <laughs> you know, one of the things and you, you mentioned my calling earlier, mm-hmm. but it it's really kind of changed my perspective on like testimony meeting because being a member of the bishopric on the months where I conduct meetings, I'm the first one in testimony meeting. So it's one of those, I know it's coming. I know I'm going to do it. And the thing that kind of also goes into my mind is while I'm doing this, I'm setting the tone for the mm-hmm. rest of the meeting. Yes. So that it's, is so true. it's made me a lot more conscious of like, okay, I'm saying the tone for this. So like, what tone do I want to set for the meeting? And mm-hmm. like, I kind of see it as my opportunity to, really testify of Christ and to kind of start things out that way with keeping the focus there. Mm-hmm. I love it. I recently had an, actually had an experience with, uh, with some friends, you know, that um, they did an exercise and, and I just loved it. You know, they, they asked us to, to think about um, a problem that we were having or something, a concern or something that was happening in our life, in our lives. And, and then they said, after, you know, we, we did some breathing exercises and then they said, now close your eyes and just imagine having the Savior by your side and you telling him about this issue or this concern. And what will he tell you? Mm-hmm. And it was so powerful. Um, so I would like to testify that when we try and when we think about Jesus Christ, we can feel his love. And so I think that uh, that's what we need to testify of, you know, about his love and about what he does for us every day. 
So for me, that was a very, very tender experience because I could imagine him telling me everything will be okay. You'll be fine. I love you. You know, that's what I imagine him telling me. So I think those are the kinds of things that uh, we need to testify of that th those moments in which we have actually felt his love. Can I just say thank you for like bearing your testimony with that? Because that's actually something I was thinking about coming into this is we always, a lot of people wait for testimony mean to do it. And mm -hmm. I'll be the first to say that sometimes I am in that same path of like, oh, I don't really think about my testimony unless testimony means coming up. But mm -hmm. how special would it be if we didn't limit ourselves to mm -hmm. that, that we took oppor more opportunities to share our testimonies. Yes. Like rather than just waiting for a testimony meeting. And I think that would increase testimony means as well because it's a practicing. The more you do it, the better you get at it. Yes, yes. We need to look at it as an opportunity, you know, and never miss an opportunity. I remember Sister Cordon gave a message. It was probably her last message in general conference, Sister Bonnie Cordon, the general young women's president. And uh, she actually said, never miss an opportunity to, to share your testimony of Christ. And I think that we do it in so many ways. Sometimes we, need, we can open our mouth actually and say it, but we, we do it in different ways. But, but yes, we need to be aware of those opportunities. Yes. I was just remembering there's a video on YouTube called A Silent Interview About Christ. It has a whole bunch of people being quote-unquote interviewed, but they don't say anything. Like, they were told not to say anything during the interview. And it has questions come up like, do you believe in Christ? And it shows each person's reaction to that question. And it has other questions like, like, think of your darkest moment and how he was there for you. Or if you were to see him again, what would he say to you? Like, questions like that. And no words in their answers at all, but you could see in their faces that they would cry. It would make me cry because I'm thinking about my own answer to those questions. But it's just beautiful to see all these people from different religious backgrounds testifying about the Savior without saying a word. It's amazing. And I remember that the image of them smiling and being yes. happy because I think one of the questions was like, how, how, how do you feel because he loves you or something yes. like that? And mm -hmm. They were just happy without saying anything and, yes. and with, their, with tears in their eyes. Yes, I love that. Yeah. Yes, that's a good, a good uh, reminder of that. Sometimes just feeling of his love. And the thing is that we make that covenant every week that we are going to remember him always. You know, that we're going to uh, take upon ourselves his name and, and, and uh, obey his commandments. And, yes. uh, and uh, we can do it. We can actually do it every moment of our lives. So we like to ask everybody this question. What does it mean to you to consecrate your life to the Savior, Jesus Christ? So I knew this question was coming because you ask everybody. So I, I was thinking about it and I was like, man, what does that mean to me to consecrate my life? And what it really came down to as I was thinking about it was like what it means to consecrate things, what it means to kind of like set things apart and to give things to the Lord and as I was thinking about that, I really realized that for me, it comes down to if I'm consecrating my life to the Lord, then that means doing those things that the Savior asked. And where that kind of comes down to for me is focusing on his work, not my work. Mm -hmm. 
And so if you were to ask me, like, how do I consecrate my life? I'd say it's through going and serving those people around me to help them know their Savior the way that I know my Savior. Big thank you to Sean for being on our podcast and thank you so much for listening. I will put a link to that video that I mentioned, the silent interview about Jesus Christ, in the show notes. And we hope that you will follow us on Instagram at consecratingpod. And we hope that you will listen next time.